new rules of war, victory in the age of durable disorder, scene McFate, second chapter, durable disorder. Now, firstly I take exception to the statement in this chapter. Scene McFate states, the phrases peaceful resolution and political solution have become punchlines. Studies reveal that 50% of peace agreements fail in five years and that wars no longer end unless one side is obliterated, like the Tamil Tigers in Sri Lanka and Chechens in Grozny. Unquote. Now, it's a far-fetched claim. Firstly, all along history, peace agreements have fallen, have failed, maybe lesser than five years or maybe more, but you know, it's a sweeping statement that he makes. Now, both Chechens and Tamil Tigers were not totally obliterated. Yes, they were defeated and both Chechen and Tamil insurgencies were very peculiar and unique insurgencies. How McFate can claim that both Chechens and Tamil Tigers were totally obliterated? It's, you know, it's a far-fetched and a, a, a fallacious claim. Firstly, both the Chechens and Tamil Tigers were fighting an impossible war with no major foreign state backers and in an extremely limited and constricted area where they were defeated. Chechens, after all, remain good proxies of the Russian state. And Tamils, yes, militarily they were defeated, but uh, you cannot say that uh, Tamil Tigers were totally obliterated. You know, I don't know how he makes such statements. Another statement he makes in this chapter, quote, Ancient rifts such as that between Sunni and Shia Muslims reopen and destabilize entire regions. UN peacekeeping fails, mostly because there is no peace to keep, nothing seems to work, high-stake negotiations, superpower interventions, track to diplomacy, strategic non-violence, nation-building or winning hearts and minds, everything fails, conflicts breeds, breed like tribbles, and the international community is proven powerless to stop them. It is again a fallacious and highly misleading statement. Well, superpowers and states want these conflicts to continue. After all, seen Mac fate forgets 1956 war when President Eisenhower ordered Israel to go back and they went back. Britain had to go back. There was a leader with a resolve. He was not a hostage or stooge of corporations. Now, Sunni and Shia rift about which McFate talks here was never closed, you know. He says uh, Sunni and Shia Muslim rift has reopened. Uh, 
This is absolute nonsense. Traditionally and historically, Sunni and Shia rift never closed. Right from the early history of Islam, it has always been there. Yes, there have been phases of you know low intensity and high intensity. As a matter of fact, uh, Shia and Sunni rift was intensified again because of the so-called uh, great powers uh, manipulation. After all, why on earth did Iranian revolution ever broke out? McFaith uh, discusses this nowhere. Iranian revolution in 1979 broke out because of U.S. stupidities and United States overkill in removing. Mossadegh regime in 1953 but McFaith discusses this nowhere he makes a very roundabout and a sweeping statement that shia and sunni muslims conflict has reopened i don't know how he he jumps to such conclusions as a matter of fact shia and sunni conflict was pre-programmed once britain and america backed and strengthened saudi arabia starting from the 1930s and present Shia Sunni intense rivalry about which McFaith talks about has a direct link and is a result of the US overkill in Iraq in removing the greatest barrier to Iranian chauvinism in that in this region Saddam Hussein thinkers like Ed Lutwerk have theorized that this is a deliberate U.S. strategy to create a hundred-year-long Shia-Sunni war, destabilize the Middle East, and dominate the Middle East states by the USA. Now, international community is powerless to stop them. So states make fate, you know, again, totally wrong, incorrect statement. Like Kashmir conflict in 1947, between India and Pakistan started because of Britain's mishandling and manipulation of partition of India. Pakistan was possibly created as a British revenge inflicted on All India Congress for opposing British war effort in Second World War. Most of the Middle East conflicts were created because of peace treaties of 1919 very aptly described by some thinkers as the peace to end all peace. But McFaith has nothing to say about that. Britain and France were in the lead in destroying and planting total chaos in the Middle East starting from the peace treaties of 1919-21. McFaith sees some design but he does not bring it out. Similarly, conflicts in Africa have close links with colonial policy. Vietnam and Korean conflicts were created again by the both by both USA and the USSR in, the, in their mad rivalry for so-called global domination. Again, there was a design to it. To date, many major states support highly rabid and extremist groups. Like in Pakistan, one great state wants to counter another great state, so-called major state, by, you know, disrupting their plan to create an independent Kashmir. So one so-called major power wants an independent Kashmir. 
and one so called major power is supporting groups in pakistan who are you know against independent kashmir so there is again a very clear design here there is no chaos but mcfate doesn't bring it out as a matter of fact there is nothing without a design and history but our author does not bring it out now he makes another wild claim wild claim in this chapter he states the number of armed conflicts has doubled since world war 2 and research shows that americans were substantially safer in the cold war years than they are today of a, now you know how he can make such wild statements conflicts in second world war are nothing compared to the massive bloodshed that took place in the first and second world war as a matter of fact casualty wise conflicts have become very small i don't agree with this at all now he states that uh, americans were substantially safer in the cold war i don't know how he makes such statements for example in pakistan i think only one american was killed by so called terrorists in 1995 or so in karachi and i have seen americans traveling without much escort in pakistan and never attacked there is a design to it definitely if if somebody was killed if a russian was killed in afghanistan americans were bro- were you know uh, backing the proxies who were at- killing those russians and you know there is a very important reason why americans are not killed because because the pakistani state for example or even the russians or anybody they don't want to provoke the other state america in this case by killing any american citizen as a matter of fact uh, american citizens have not been attacked worldwide and maybe some odd journalists were uh, captured or beheaded but they, they they were you know very 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 few cases like that you know the author gives no references or figures to support his assertions here you know now he states this growing entropy signifies the emergence of a new global system that i call durable disorder which contains rather than solves problems this condition will define the coming age now if you study history there has always been durable disorder in some way but has been countered by various actions of powers and states now he 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 continues quote the world will not collapse into anarchy however the rules based order we know will crumble and be replaced by something more organic and wild unquote now lack of uh, study of history you see uh, an order without rules was planted in europe in the second world war by a man called churchill who was creating or instigating all kinds of sabotage and assassinations in europe in the second world war and there have been many instances like this throughout history but mcfate uh, you know somehow does not see that you know all he sees is what is going on the world has always seen anarchy and you know lapses between order and disorder 
variations between order and disorder but it does not bring this out anywhere now he states disorder has taken over the middle east and africa significant portions of asia and latin america and is creeping into europe soon it may be in north america rather alarmist firstly disorder took over middle east and africa because of superpower plans and rivalry there was nothing random at it you know major disorders in asia and latin america took place because of superpower rivalry but you know mcfate brings this out nowhere now some countries in europe may be affected like denmark because of massive immigration and uh, negative population growth but i don't see this happening in north america or most of europe now if europe is allowing immigrants who create some problems it has issues like negative growth but immigrants are never allowed to go beyond sweepers or gutter cleaners my friend a pilot married to a danish lady applied to many european airlines for a pilot job but was unanimously rejected so europeans have you know a certain very certain definite rules regarding immigrants our author discusses no such things now he states quote in the coming decades we will see the wars without states and countries will become prizes to be won by more powerful global actors many nation states will exist in name only as some practically do wars will be fought mostly in the shadows by covert means and plausible deniability deniability will prove blah blah unquote now mcfade does not see that many nation states in history have existed only in name dominated by some mafia some establishment a very small minority now he says wars will be fought mostly in shadows this has always been the case if you study guerrilla warfare always proxy war has been a very potent tool of states against states and there is there has been and there is no war without a state sponsor state actor is a very very apologetic and a you know as a false term used by journalists and media as well as states as a matter of fact all insurgencies in history have been supported by some state global actors are states or to be more precise establishments who have always controlled states wars are being fought in shadows since 1945 because nukes have made conventional wars impossible now mcfate states if there are traditional battles they will not prove decisive winning will change and victory will be achieved not on the battlefield but elsewhere conflicts will not start and stop but will grind on in forever wars terms like memory terms like war and peace will come to mean nothing the laws of war will fade from memory as will the united nations which will prove useless in the face of conflict if it persists it will only be only as a letterhead stationery now united nations has always been like that 
but it suits the great powers you know it's a debating club and uh, you name one place where un has been effective where was the un in the korean war it was a you know it was a bogey you study the afghan war where was the un study the iraq war afghan war number 2 where has been the un it has been always a figurehead in a rubber stamp now there has been no traditional battle since 1945 between so called major powers because of the nuclear weapons but wars are fought by proxies and have no outcome except the occupying power leaving and the characters that remain in the occupied state proclaiming a hollow victory this has been the case but in reality there is no victory on both sides wars without winners the concept of victory has changed but definitely one side loses and one side gains now our author states mercenaries will return not slinging ak47s but flying drone gunships and auctioning special operation forces teams to the highest bidder some may take over countries ruling as kings privatizing war changes warfare in the profound ways affect incomprehensible to traditional strategies it also warps international relations when the super rich can rent militaries they become a new kind of superpower one capable of challenging states and their rules based order big oil companies have private armies as well random billionaires in fact there is all this is already happening drug lord needs possesses private forces and take over countries turning them into zombie like narco states i don't know from where he brings these things if he had studied history carefully he would have known that private companies were always calling shots a company called english east india company gave the british government so much money they were that they were granted tea monopoly and monopoly of selling opium by the british state in north america as well as in india and this actually led to opium wars and the indian rebellion of 1857 as well as the so called us war of independence now macfate perhaps does not know that in 1840s and 50s english east india company a private company had a army of over 200000 men whereas the conventional british army was much smaller macfate perhaps does not know that the british government were raising british infantry regiments especially for the wars of english east india company in places like india what macfate says in this brilliant chapter called durable disorder has always been happening in history as a matter of fact britain was backing the greatest narco state the greatest narco mafia in the world known as english east india company who were selling opium to china with impunity macfate perhaps does not know that one of the biggest british sources of income in india till 1947 was tax on opium this has always been the case what macfate has said in this chapter and which i quoted just now but what macfate says is far fetched and i don't see this happening 
Drones in F Park, for example, have targeted only Mickey Mouse non-state actors and players like Petty, Goat Grazers, Snuff Sellers, Cobblers. And this happened because USA did not have the strategic resolution to target top state proxies like the Afghan Taliban who were the Pakistani state proxies and based in Pakistan. The US state simply did not have the strategic resolution to target them. So they were killing nobodies in Pakistan's two small districts known as North and South Waziristan Agency and saying that we are dealing with the bad guys. Actually, the US drones were targeting puny non-state groups like Pakistan's Tehreek Taliban Pakistan and satisfying the naive US taxpayer. There are no drug lords. I, I totally disagree with uh, our author's contentions. As a matter of fact, drug trade has been and presently is increasingly dominated by states like USA, even Pakistan, even Iran, I would say. Now, these states have been controlling drugs in Afghanistan, where the state, state decides who is the big drug lord. Or even in Pakistan, the Pakistani military establishment or the agencies or the, the state decides who is the big drug lord. My regimental officer who served in Pakistan's anti-narcotic force thus lamented that Pakistani state was against the initial US-sponsored anti-narcotic force because it had fallen into disfavor. This is the factual position. Now our author states, the most effective weapons will not fire bullets and non-kinetic elements like information, refugees, ideologies and time will be weaponized. Big militaries and super technology will prove inept. Nuclear weapons will be seen as big bombs and limited nuclear war will become acceptable to some. Why do we assume the nuclear taboo will last forever? Again, far-fetched and questionable statements. I don't know how he makes them. Others are already fighting, he says, in this new environment and winning. <coughs> Russia, China, Iran, terrorist organizations and drug cartels exploit durable disorder for victory, hastened by the West strategic atrophy. These foes have significantly fewer resources than the West but are more effective in warfare. Again, questionable statements he makes, you know. He forgets that heroin was invented as a drug by a European company called Bayer. He forgets that heroin was brought to South Asia by the US CIA and again to FPAC by CIA. But McFate only blames Russia, China, Iran, etc. Playing to the gallery. A rather bad way of writing a book. Now, he states... We are dangerously unprepared because war has moved on, yet the United States and other Western powers have not. They assume the future will look like the past and that traditional strategies will work in the decades to come. Should this foolishness continue, we will eventually be tested and we will fail. 
However, this can be averted if we act now before the crisis. Unquote. Now he does not analyze or question how Helmand right under U.S. nose became the greatest drug production area in the world and why U.S. Army was totally against attacking drug mafia. He totally forgets the fact that the United States removed Afghanistan's Interior Minister Jalali when he wanted to attack the drug mafia. This was back in 2005 or so. Because, you know, the USA by design was backing the drug mafia and there was a huge secret program in Helmand. Why McFaid does not analyze or why he did not research why all the morphia-based laboratories were within 10 to 20 kilometer radius of US camps, military camps in Helmand. There was definitely a collusion. He does not analyze why 75% of morphia paste was leaving USA not by any land route by, but by aircrafts, by aerial means. And there was no absolutely, there was no drug anti-drug policy which the US administration was following. As a matter of fact, the Americans were totally against defoliation of the uh, drug mafia, drug uh, growing areas in Hillman, you know. He totally forgets that and gives us a one-sided analysis and makes, you know, grim predictions. Now he says, the new rules of war will make the conventional warrior's head explode. But that's expected. They work because they embrace the essence of war for what it is, not as some wish it to be. Only by following these rules can we prevail in an age of durable disorder. If we do not, terrorists, rogue states and others who do not fight conventionally will inherit the world. Now, states have always been rogues. But I don't know how McFast makes such, you know, such uh, conclusions, you know. Warfare, if McFate had properly studied Clausewitz, Clausewitz always said that there was no theory in war. And what will happen in war will always go against theory. So if McFate had studied Clausewitz carefully, he would have realized that wars have always made the warrior's head explode. Not now, always, throughout history. There was always a rogue called Genghis Khan or Temujin who began as a small tribal warlord and he took whole state. There was always rogues like the English East India Company who came as traders and took over whole of India and had an army larger than any state like Britain and who were giving you know interest-free loans to the British government so that the British government should give them sole mon monopoly of selling tea in North America and India and opium in China and all over Asia. So what McFaid, you know, warns us and laments about has always happened in history. Durable Disorder, second chapter of McFaid's book was a rather disappointing reading, but we will continue and let's hope that we find something more sensible in the succeeding chapters. Thank you.